0: Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the
1: Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for, for the, the most die hard Georgia, Georgia fans in the country. country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm Tyler, and with me today, here in the Glory UGA studio, aka my home office. Is my co-host, Charlie, who is back to help me make our week three picks of the week. Charlie, you got to tell me, what has been your secret so far this year? You've had this incredible turnaround last year where you are playing catch-up all year, and then now you've taken the lead early, you've kept the lead through the first couple of weeks. What am I doing wrong?
2: I think it's luck. It's all luck? I'm sure it'll go downhill fast.
1: That's your secret luck?
2: I mean making guesses
1: do you really believe in luck
2: I mean I guess I don't
1: believe in that kind of thing man I think you're doing something I feel like you spent the entire spring and summer cooped up in your house just going back watching tape reading magazines doing whatever you could because this is like a new version of Charlie
2: I can tell you that is not what happened
1: oh you just slept all day pretty much cried in your closet
2: no (laughs) just watched a lot of television oh yeah
1: I think that's what most yeah like most Americans but whatever you're doing it's working keep it up I'm, I'm I'm jealous slash angry with you because I'm supposed to be the expert here and you're making me look bad, so thanks for that. But, all right, Charlie, she had another good week last week uh, tying me. Charlie tied me in the straight-up picks. We both went five and three straight up, but I did come out on top in the, against the spread picks going five and three. While Charlie went four and four. Our guest host, Alexander, went four and four straight up and three and five against the spread. So after two weeks of picks, Charlie is still in the lead in the straight up picks with an 11 and 6 overall record. I'm right on her heels with a 10 and 7 straight up record, and our guest hosts are coming in not too far behind at 9 and 8. I took the lead in the against the spread picks this week with a 10 and 7 record. Charlie is right behind me at 9 and 8, and the guest hosts are coming in at 7 and 10 against the spread. And normally, this is where we would kind of publicly humiliate ourselves by owning our terrible picks from the week before. But we actually didn't have anything all that embarrassing this time around. We both missed on Oklahoma. That was not necessarily overly surprising. They're not playing particularly well right now. Iowa State has kind of had their number we mentioned on the show last week. I thought Oklahoma would bounce back from the Kansas State loss, but obviously that did not end up happening. But on the bright side, we nailed a couple picks. Charlie nailed the Kansas State pick last week in a game that, like – Almost didn't make it onto our our pick sheet last week, but we needed an extra game. That one seemed kind of intriguing. The line was close with Kansas State and Texas Tech. It ended up being a battle of the backup quarterbacks, but Charlie nailed that one when I went with with the Red Raiders, so kudos to Charlie there. And uh, I lucked up, you know, every now and then I luck up. And I nailed my upset special of the week with Ole Miss prevailing in a dramatic overtime finish. I hope you guys get to watch that game. That was a lot of fun to watch down the stretch they won. Uh, they beat Kentucky in overtime with, with some weird circumstances. Kentucky scores first to open overtime, and they missed the extra point. And of course, that opens the door for Ole Miss to have the dramatic one-point win. So it was actually a pretty good week all in all, but still not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that perfect week, man. I'm out there hunting for it. It might not happen, but I am trying to make it happen. And who knows? With another week of games under our belt to give us a little bit more info to work with, I'm feeling like this could maybe be that week. And joining us today is the week two winner of our Glory UGA Pick'em League, a guy that in trading emails with him back and forth yesterday, I actually found out has been with us since almost the beginning of our podcast several years ago, so a long time listener and we were very happy to welcome him, Mr. Chase Martos. Chase, congrats on the win last week and thanks for joining us today.
0: Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Fan of the show, so...
1: We really appreciate it, man. Deal. But we're glad to have you. Yeah, on.
0: a lot of a lot of toss ups this weekend. It was it was hard to make those choices this weekend, but uh, felt pretty good about the picks. And you know, I felt confident about Georgia last week. So hey,
1: yeah, you were more confident than I was in that one. I think I put it as, as like the number, and that's just my personality type anyway. Is I'm just like I'm afraid if I get overconfident that we'll lose. Like I have some impact on the outcome of the game, which is obviously absurd. But that's just kind of how my mind works. But you killed it last week, man. So congrats on that. But, Charlie, you got some picks to make. You ready to take us away?
2: Let's go. All right. We'll start with the Gators heading out west to College Station this weekend, and they will play in the noon slot. This means Texas A&M is playing at 11 a.m. their time and coming off a week of recovering from Bama body blow. Yeah, and that's
1: my theory. I know. I, actually, I stole that from someone else, so We've it's not heard, like my theory.
2: You've heard it before, but I think it's a real thing. I wouldn't want to get knocked around by those guys and then no. have to go play another. I SEC do. Team, I do buy. But, it's a real thing. Yeah, I think these factors are really going to hinder the Aggies in their ability to move the ball down the field. So I'm going with the Gators to win and cover. Chase, what's your pick?
0: Uh, I pick Florida in this game. I'm actually shocked that it's only a six and a half point line. I've just never been a Kellen Mond fan. I've always found him to be overhyped. And, you know, I thought that with Jimbo Fisher coming in, that that might change things a little bit. But uh, A&M gave up a lot of big plays last week and uh, had a lot of drops on offense. Um, But for Florida, I think that you might as well just give Kyle Trask to Heisman right now. Tyler, I think you said that on last week's podcast. Yeah, But, um, you know, I think ESPN just wants to give it to him now. But... First, I mean, South Carolina last week, you know, they were 6 of 17 on third down, but don't let that fool you because they were 5 of 6 on fourth down. So, you know, I think that Florida defense still has a lot of work to do, but I think that that Florida's offense can can do something very similar to what Texas A&M can do. So I think that they win and they will have no problem covering that six-and-a-half-point line.
2: All right. Tyler?
1: Okay, so everything you said, Chase, Charlie, everything you said, it all makes sense. And I I don't disagree really with anything that either one of you said there. But I really don't want to pick Florida in this game. I really don't. Now, part of that's because I picked them in the preseason to lose this game before I knew what Texas A&M would exactly look like. And also the other – obviously a much bigger part is I just want Florida to lose. I hate Florida. And it's also good for Georgia if they lose this game because Florida's schedule is much easier than ours. There's not many – Potential like landmine spots for them. And I thought this might be one of them coming into the season, but I don't know. I don't know. But I really don't want to pick them. But if you're looking at AM, like I just, it's hard to buy into AM right now. I agree with you, Chase. I've never been a Kellen Mond guy. I think he's serviceable. I think he's solid. I really, the issue with him is he was recruited to play Kevin Someone's offense and now he's kind of been thrust into Jim, uh, Jimbo Fisher's pro style attack. And that's just not what he's ever done his entire life. So he spent the past couple of years learning that. You think. That he would he would have gotten it by now, but when you haven't really been doing that kind of thing your entire life. It's it's a steep learning curve to run that pro style attack, and he just he just never quite panned out. And he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been the guy they they've wanted him and needed him to be either. And, and they were definitely hit by opt outs and injuries right before the season, especially at the skill positions. They just haven't looked great. They really haven't. The game is Vanderbilt. Like I still can't quite wrap my head around how they almost lost to Vanderbilt in week one. I can't quite figure that one out. And, and at times in the first half, like. In that first half, they were in the game against Alabama. They were actually driving to, to cut it to seven right before the half, and then they had a, just a terrible situation on the fourth down where they should have made a play. A guy drops the ball, and then Bama gets the ball back. They go down and they score right before half. Now they're up by twenty one points. It's a fourteen point swing, and then it was game over right there. It was done, and they just you could tell they went into halftime. They were in a shell, and they, they just didn't come to play in the second half. But they still have a couple of playmakers, even though they got some guys that opted out. Ania Smith is a really dynamic playmaker, wide receiver as a true sophomore, and they did put up 450 yards on Bama last week. Like I said, in the first half, they were, they were kind of at least like within striking distance most of that first half, and you mentioned it, Chase, Charlie, you were on it too. The Florida defense, they're not very good right now. They're really not, uh, and, and I, I'm totally – I will admit I, admit I admit this openly. I'm totally talking myself into this one, and this is one where I'm totally going with my heart over my head. I admit it. I realize it fully. And on Monday, when I when I was first looking at the games, getting ready for this show and kind of figure out what games we were going to pick, I told myself there's no way I'm picking a I, I mean, I had already like written Florida in our little spreadsheet here. But the more I dug into it, the more I am leaning towards just trying to make an upset pick here. I'm trying to pick one game a week where it's my upset special, and I I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. It doesn't make any sense. It's more. It's way more emotions than anything logical. I I readily admit that. But I think they have a shot here. I just, Florida's offense is really humming right now. There's no doubt there. Kyle Trask is playing well. He's distributing to his playmakers. He's not throwing the ball down the field much, but he's not having really having to right now. I think AM is pretty good defensively. I, I think they could potentially keep themselves within striking distance as long as Kellen Mond doesn't blow the game for them, which is always a crapshoot. You never know. I think if they can find a way to get pressure on Kyle Trask, who's not very mobile at all, it can get interesting. Trask does a good job getting the ball out of his hands. I'll give him that. But, if they can get pressure on them, it might be a different game. And i and can Florida run the football? Going back to last year, that was a big issue for them. I, I don't know if they can. I, on the flip side, can a and AM run it? AM did not run the ball well against Alabama. If they can find the way, find a way to run the ball against a suspect Florida defense right now. I mean, South Carolina was able to run the ball fairly well with a, a good deal of success against Florida last week with that power running attack that Mike Bobo has got uh in mesh there with the Gamecocks right now, but if they can get that run game going, get Kellen Mond involved in the run game, which Fisher, for some reason has seemed very hesitant to actually do, but if they do it, they're much more effective offensively. So maybe this is the game where they realize like we just got it out and, and just put it all out there and see what happens. But I'm going to go with the Aggies to pull the upset. I know it makes no sense. This is my upset special of the week. I'm almost certainly going to miss this. I'm going to lose a game on Charlie here, but I'm going to give it a shot.
2: All right. We'll see. The next game has Will Muschamp and the Gamecocks traveling to Nashville this weekend. Maybe it's a little better than I thought they would this year, even though they are still, well, 0-2. Well, the
1: first game, last week, 41-7. Well, yeah, but I'm trying to be positive. All
2: right, well, I'll
1: give it to you. I just just picked Aiden to be Florida. I I have no room to
2: talk. Yeah, be quiet. South Carolina hasn't been totally atrocious either, I guess. So this game could tell us who the last place SEC East team is going to be this year, possibly. Maybe might be Missouri might
1: might have something to say and about then that. Yeah, Missouri, they might, they might so, have something so. to say.
2: Uh, we'll see. Um, but I think Will Muschamp will have his players ready to go after losing two in a row. So I'm picking the Gamecocks to win and cover. Chase, what's your pick?
0: I have South Carolina winning and covering too. Uh, I like I like what Mike Bobo's done with the offense. Um, I'd say they should at least be one and one. I think that they they hung with Florida last week. They had a lot of drop passes and defensively they're they're not a very good football team defensively. I mean uh, they lack speed, they poor tackling, and really really took bad angles on on the Florida offense uh, last week and. Frankly, I really don't know what Bandy is. Uh, that's it's a good way to put reasons. it. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's a team that's. I'd be shocked if they. I wouldn't be shocked if they went zero and ten. I wouldn't be shocked if they win one or two games. But you know, I just don't think that they're a very good football team right now. And you know, South Carolina's at least should be one and one. So I'm going to go with South Carolina, and I think they should cover.
2: All right, Tyler.
0: Yeah, I'm with you guys here. Honestly, I, I'm not sitting here saying, Charlie, you're right. South
1: Carolina is probably going to be the bottom three of the of the East this this year. I think mean, that's almost certainly going to happen. But I think they're even though that's probably where they will end up. I think they're better than they were last year. I, I do like what Mike Bobo's on the office. I agree with you there, Chase. Honestly, I think it's kind of insulting to South Carolina that they're only a 12 point favorite in this game. Like that's a lot of respect for Vanderbilt, and I'm not sure it's based on. I guess it's based on game one when they when they kept it close with A&M the entire way but i mean i think we saw more so what Vanderbilt really is last week so when you see LSU put up 41 on them beat them 41 to 7 south carolina is probably not as good as LSU even though LSU's lost a lot they're, they're still more dynamic than south carolina is offensively you're right south carolina does have some issues defensively right now but i think this is easy money honestly if you've got it to spare just take about $1000 and put it on the gamecocks And the money line just to win. All right. I'm not talking about the spread, but just the money line. South Carolina is going to win this football game, guys. And uh, yeah, I know if you put a thousand on on the money line, you're not going to win a ton of money. You'll win a couple hundred bucks. But hey, if you're looking for a couple hundred bucks, easy money, that's what I do right now. Uh, But look, Colin Hill is solid at quarterback. I think he's more stable than Halinsky was last year. Shai Smith is a really good underrated SEC wide receiver. He doesn't get a lot of publicity because he plays for South Carolina and they haven't been very good lately. But Shai Smith is a good receiver. And look, their defense. It, there's work that needs to be done there. They're not very athletic in the secondary or at least at the safety position. They have two good corners. The safety position, Roderick just got destroyed last week. Uh, he's an, he's a problem for them. I just don't think Vandy is good enough to actually be able to exploit that. I don't think they think they have the skill players in South Carolina. Like you're right, Chase. I think they should at least be one and one They had a shot to beat both Tennessee and Florida and they just kind of self-destructed at the end of both of those games yeah, you can say it's a stretch that they should have beaten Florida, but they had a chance. I mean, they had the ball about four minutes ago, like inside the red zone, and they just took their sweet time trying to score a touchdown when they were down by two scores. And uh, they ended up dropping a ball on fourth down, but it was already under a minute left. And they just didn't really have any sense of urgency. They had a chance to score there, cut to seven, get a stop, and try to go down and score again push it to overtime. They had a chance there. Against Tennessee, they really had a shot. They are down four, get a stop late in the fourth quarter, forced Tennessee to punt with a little over a minute left. And then the the punt goes off a South Carolina defender who's not paying attention. Tennessee recovers, game over. They, they've been in both of those games. I've actually been more impressed with Carolina than I thought I would coming into the season. So I think this is a pretty easy pick to me. I, I'm going to take the Gamecocks to win and cover this one.
2: All right. Next up, we have Texas at Oklahoma and uh i can never say it
1: red it's hard to say it. red river rivalry yeah <laughs> we'll go with that
2: all right so but oh you where did they go will they show up this weekend i don't know do you know I don't, I don't know, know. even it's though, the big
1: 12 baby like what's gonna happen no yeah. one knows
2: and then there's texas even though they've lost two games well they lost two games they're still not great
1: they didn't lost two games.
2: They didn't. I, I wrote. They this. almost
1: they lost to Texas Tech.
2: They almost lost to right, the Texas Right, they almost Tech. lost to Texas, okay. Texas Tech, yeah. I was higher on Texas a couple weeks ago, uh, but they haven't impressed me like I had hoped they would. So I think the Sooners will come back this week and try to make a statement that they are still relevant after the last two weekends. Although I did say that last week, too, and that they would make a statement, and that didn't <laughs> happen. They made a, the, the opposite statement I was hoping they would make. Yep, same here. Um, And, you know, they probably think they can still make the playoff with two losses and the college football playoff committee might still vote them in. Who knows? I don't know. It's 2020, right? It's 2020, 2020. So I'm going with the Sooners to win and cover. Chase, what's your pick?
0: I'm actually going to go Texas in this one. Um, Oklahoma to me is basically the same team. They just don't have a Heisman Trophy winner to lead them. So, um. Oklahoma, I'd probably they gave up over 400 yards the past two weeks. Texas gave up over 450 yards. I think that I, depending on what kind of football you like, this is going to be like watching a backyard football game. I mean, both teams are just going to go back and forth scoring. I think that Texas is going to win this game. I think that Sam Ellinger will have a slight edge over Spencer Rattler, who's thrown four interceptions the past two weeks. So, I think Texas wins, and I think they cover that two point spread.
2: All right, Tyler.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Chase. Like, I, I will say, like, this is kind of a giant. I don't know on this one because both teams are, are in, in a lot of ways, are very similar right now. They they have talent, but for some reason, they're struggling, certainly defensively, and that's kind of been the issue for Oklahoma and Texas for years now. They they can put up points. You're right, Chase. It's going to be a shootout. But I'm I'm totally with you here. To me, the deciding factor is the quarterback position. It's the quarterback position. Spencer Rattler is going to be good. He's very talented, and he's made some really good plays for them early this season, but he's still young. He's still mistake prone. He, you're right. He's thrown four picks the last two games and one that, that ended the game last week was just a terrible des- decision. He throws into essentially triple coverage. He had a check down. He could have easily taken that. They didn't have to have that play right then. He went for went for the whole thing and it ended up I don't want to say that's, that's what cost him the game, but it certainly ended the game. There's no doubt there. And, and like Texas with, with Sam Ellinger, I, I, I don't know if Sam Ellinger is elite. I don't know if he's ever been elite, but he's been a good quarterback for a long time. And at the very least, he's the much more experienced quarterback in this game. I trust him to not make as many mistakes as Spencer Rattler right now. And, and I do think like they both have weapons offensively. But I don't think Oklahoma is as good around the quarterback position as they have been in years past. There's no CD Lamb, there's no Hollywood Brown, there's no Mark Andrews. They don't have they have a true freshman quarter, true freshman running back right now. That I just I don't think they're as good around Rattler. And when you taking a slight step back with Spencer Rattler in his first year as a starter with the quarterback, I think that's all kind of blending together to create some issues for Oklahoma right now. Particularly when you add in the equation that their defense is just what their defense has been for years now. This is just not the same Oklahoma team. And Texas is certainly not back. I'm not trying to suggest that. But I do like the fact that Sam Ellinger is more experienced here. I like him better at quarterback in this game. And I think the Horns might actually have more weapons on offense that are ready to contribute. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Neither one of these teams will probably end up in the playoff, I think, if you're looking at it right now. But still, the Red River rivalry, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm going to go uh, with this one. With, with, by virtue of Sam Elgram being on, on Texas' team, I'm going to go with the horns to win and cover the two. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now
2: and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever
1: again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
0: and that is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not uh, as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another "stomp you out" speech.
1: It opened so, up so many
2: more doors. The show is called
1: The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: All right. Well, the Tar Heels. Tar Heels. I cannot speak today. Are only favored by five and a half at home against Virginia Tech. So basically, it's a toss-up in my opinion. I don't think there really is a home field advantage in UNC, but I'm still going with Matt Brown and the heels to win and cover, mostly because I just like Matt Brown. So, what a reason. I know. Chase, Great analysis there. What, I leave that to you and the okay, listeners. You're right, you're right. You and the guest <laughs> picker. Chase, what's your pick?
0: You know, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game. I, I don't think UNC is the eighth best team in the country. But then again, after the top four teams, it's really just – everybody else is up in the air but for UNC I really haven't been that impressed I I do like Sam Howell but you know last week against Boston College they were a little bit sloppy but for Virginia Tech this is just a team that has been in these kinds of games before and hasn't produced so um, like you said Charlie it's a it's not necessarily a home field advantage because I mean they can't really have fans but you know it is in Chapel Hill and they don't have to travel this week and you know, I think they're the better team, and you know Mac Brown has done a really good job in the first two years. So I'm going to go with North Carolina, and I think they cover that.
2: All right, Tyler.
0: Yeah, this is actually a game.
1: I, I believe it or not, I'm actually excited to watch this game. I think these are two interesting teams. Maybe not great teams. I agree. I don't think North Carolina is maybe a, a number eight team in the country right now. But I think these are two interesting teams that could have an outside shot to maybe make a push to end up in the ACC title game this year. I know it's a weird year for them where it's the top two teams. There's no divisions this year because Notre Dame had to be involved. So I think there's an outside shot. Both these teams could make a run. So I think this is an interesting game, but I think it's also a tricky game. I really like North Carolina, especially offensively. I think they have some serious weapons out wide with Daz Newsome, Bo Corrales, Deami Brown, two really good running backs. And, of course, you've got Sam Howell, the quarterback right now, who is, as a true sophomore, putting up big-time numbers. He put up big-time numbers last year. But if you look at Virginia Tech, like they've been winning with a backup quarterback. Their starter, Hendon Hooker, he returns from quarantine. He's been quarantined through the first couple of weeks. They had some serious issues with, with the coronavirus. And he's back. But is there a rust factor here? Another thing to watch out for, though, is Virginia Tech actually right now leads the nation in sacks. And the North Carolina offensive line has had past past pro issues, dating back really all the way to last year. So, But, you know, when you look at this game, you could make an argument for both teams. You really could. But Sam Howell at quarterback for North Carolina, I think he's the better quarterback. Hinton Hooker, again, he does return for Virginia Tech, but even if he's 100% healthy and there's no rust at all, I still – like Sam Howell, better at quarterback. So I'm going to stick with the principal play here. I'm going to go with the better quarterback and toss-up games. That's kind of where I lean if it's a toss-up game. I think this is a toss-up. I'm not super confident in this one because the Hokies have been pl- playing pretty well to start the season. But by virtue of Sam Howell going with the quarterback, just like I did with the Longhorns, I'm going with the Tar Heels to win. But I do think it's a tight one, so let's split the difference and give me the Hokies to cover.
2: All right. I'm still so excited about last weekend and dogs. the Dogs defeating Auburn. And I think Auburn is just totally deflated after only scoring six points in total domination. And I really want Sam Pittman to get another win this year too.
1: You were I, excited last week when when Pittman won. You were I excited. was. You texted He's me. So
2: nice. He's yes, just like a genuinely yes. nice guy. You just want him to do great things.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. But I don't think he'll get a win this weekend. Auburn wins, but Arkansas covers because the Tigers are still feeling a little blue and haven't quite bounced back. Yeah. Chase, what's your pick?
0: I think Auburn wins this game, but I don't think they cover. Like you said, Sam Pittman is a really good guy, and think you know what? Going back and watching um, Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson get drafted last year, and just the video of him just being so proud of those guys was just really, really awesome. Um, Felipe Franks is who he is. He's a big, he's big arm, but he doesn't necessarily um, have when he's under pressure. He he tends to overthrow the ball. I think Rakeem Boyd could play on Sundays, but for Auburn, I mean, last week I, pre- I predicted, honestly, that that was going to happen. I, I wasn't impressed with Auburn from week one. You know, I really like Tank Bigsby. I think he's a future star. You know, Auburn, to me, under Chad Morris, Chad Morris took over the play calling this year. It's just, to me, a Gus Malzahn offense plus one or two plays, you know, and Bo Nix last week didn't have Seth Williams to, you know, throw the ball, you know, bail him out sort of. And he only had three catches with 10 targets. So I, I really like Auburn's playmakers with Anthony Schwartz, Seth Williams, and Tank Bigsby. But, you know, I think it's going to be one of those 24 to 14 type games. And I think Auburn wins, but they don't cover
2: All right, Tyler?
1: Yeah, once again, I'm kind of on the same page here. I think Auburn's the better football team. I'm not sure by how much, honestly, right now, especially some of the injuries they're dealing with. Seth Williams got banged up a little bit late in that game. News came out today that K.J. Britt is out for the year for Auburn, and he's their top inside linebacker. Now, they have some depth in that position, but that's that's a tough loss for a defense that's not really particularly great right now, especially up front. But I I agree with you, though, Chase. I really do. I mean, I told you guys before the season, I didn't think this Auburn team was going to be very good. I thought six and four is probably the best case scenario for this team. I thought maybe more five and five would be more realistic for this team. I just, I don't see it right now. They're not very good on either line of scrimmage. And you play in the SEC. And if you're not really good on either line of scrimmage, you're going to have a tough time winning football games. Because there are a lot of teams that are built along the line of scrimmage. They found that out last week. Bo Nix is, you know, Bo Nix is a great athlete, but he's an average quarterback. That's just what he is right now. I'm not saying he can't grow into something more. He's a hype machine though. At some point, maybe he will. But right now he's a good athlete average quarterback he doesn't do a lot of things that quarterbacks have to do to play at a high level at the college level he just he's just not doing those things and look Sam Pittman man like Arkansas might not be the most talented team in the country they're certainly not the most talented team in the SEC but there's something to be said for a team that plays hard for a team that just goes out there and they put on the line and they give you everything they've got and that is exactly what Sam Pittman's got this team doing I thought they played really hard in week one they were clearly overmatched from a talent standpoint we all know that but that team played hard, and it showed in the first half. Now, obviously, we out in the second half, and we started to finally execute a little bit. But this team is playing hard. And I don't know if that, that was the case for them the past couple years under Chad Morris. I also agree that this Gus Malzahn team, yet again, he supposedly has handed play calling duties over to a, a new offensive coordinator, a new hot shot offensive coordinator. And, yeah, I think he has turned over the play calling duties, but his influence, his fingerprints are still all over that offense. It's very clear. There's a couple of different things they're doing formationally and, and from a route tree perspective. But you know, if you go back to the, the philosophy of what they're doing offensively, it still reminds me heavily of what Gus Malzahn's offense is. And if he can ever just really, if he never lets it just completely go and let someone who can come in and just completely revolutionize his offense, then I don't know if Gus Malzahn's ever going to be more than a eight to maybe nine win coach a year. I really don't. And and Auburn fans, at some point, they're going to move on from him. I don't know if it'll be this year with the whole coronavirus situation that he can use that as an excuse. I know they had some issues popping up with, with COVID. But I don't think this team is particularly good right now. My one concern about picking Arkansas to potentially cover this game is Rakeem Boyd and Trey Burks, two of their best playmakers offensively. They're both questionable for this game. Boy, Boyd went out early last week against Mississippi State. So I, I don't know if he plays this game. I feel really confident saying that they're going to cover this 16 and a half point spread. But right now, give me Auburn to win. I still like the Tigers to win this one. I think they should have a little too much talent for Arkansas at this point. But you know what? I'm going to take the Hawks to cover as well. Even with the question marks that with some of the top players offensively, give me the Hawks. They're just playing hard right now.
2: All right. Next up, Alabama at Ole Miss. The Ole Miss offense has been pretty impressive so far this year, considering Lane Kiffin is a new head coach, and they went without a spring practice. I don't think Bama overlooks teams, but they may be peeking ahead a little too much to next week when the Dogs will roll into Tuscaloosa for the best matchup of the season. With that being said, I think Bama will win, but the Fighting Lane Kiffins will cover the 24. Chase, what's your pick?
0: I think Alabama wins and covers. I mean, Ole Miss's defense is just so bad. It gave up over 650 yards against Florida and 559 yards against Kentucky last week. I think that Matt Corral is a really great, really good quarterback, and, you know, he'll be able to keep it close for a half. He'll be able to make some plays um, on that, against that secondary. But, you know, I just don't think that Ole Miss has necessarily the same firepower that Alabama does. Alabama really relies on the big plays for offense, and I think that they're going to score with ease on Ole Miss. Um, You know, Alabama does have its defensive Issues. I think that Dylan Moses really didn't have a good game against A&M. You know, I just think he looks a little bit undisciplined. He takes a really long time to read plays, and you know, it's almost like he guesses what the play is going to be because he takes so long to read the plays. And he just tries to rely on his speed to sort of bail himself out. But um, I think that it's going to be a high-scoring game. I could see this being like a high 50s for Alabama, and you know, a 28 points or something for Ole Miss, but I think Alabama's going to win this game. I think they're going to cover
2: too. All right, Tyler.
0: Yeah, it's a great breakdown. I definitely think Alabama's going
1: to win this game, and I know you're kind of wondering like, why is this game even on the board right now when it's a 24 point spread. We're trying to cover all the SEC games, that's why it's on on the board here. But you look at Alabama at Ole Miss, like this game could potentially be impacted by what's the Hurricane Delta tropical storm Delta, whatever is going on with the weather. They've been looking at, at alternatives, maybe moving it moving it up, moving it back. So who knows what, how, how that's going to play out and if that impacts this game at all. I don't really know. It may be a torrential downpour. And they play as it scheduled. Who knows? But you're right. Alabama's defense, like, I think there are holes on this defense. And I've said that going back to last year. And I, and I still think there are holes on this defense. I mean, A&M last week put up 450 yards offensively, and I'm not convinced A&M is really good offensively at all. I mean, this is the same A&M team that put up 17 points on Vanderbilt. They put up four, 450 yards on Alabama. I think Ole Miss with Matt Corral playing lights out right now in Lane Giffen's system, I think they're going to put up points in Alabama. But you're exactly right, Chase. Like, There's no way on earth that Ole Miss is going to come close to stopping Alabama. The only hope Ole Miss has to cover this spread is that Alabama gets up so big early that looking ahead to next week's game, they just take some of their starters out pretty early. And they did that against Missouri in week one. They took some of their starters out pretty early in that game. Missouri is able to fight back late against the backups against the twos and threes and actually found a way to cover that spread. I think there's a chance that happens this week, especially with the Georgia game looming next week. I think there's a really good chance, especially if it's really bad weather. You don't want your starters out there messing around, potentially twisting an ankle, tearing ACL. Like you don't want anything like that. You just want to win, get out of there and go home, right? So definitely Alabama to win. No doubt in my mind there. I think Ole Miss will score on a. Uh, I don't want to say a suspect Alabama defense, but an Alabama defense that does still have some holes. And I do think Bama is going to take some of their stars out pretty early in the second half. I think Ole Miss will find a way to sneak back in and just get a backdoor cover late in this game. So give me the tide to win, but I say Ole Miss sneaks back in late with a backdoor cover.
2: Okay. Next up we have Mississippi State at Kentucky. Mississippi State obviously had a great first week and then gave a loss away to Arkansas in week two. This week, I think Mike Leach and his Bulldogs are back at it, and it could be a total shootout in Lexington on Saturday. I really thought about this one, and I keep going back and forth, and I feel like I could just toss a coin in the air and see how it lands, but I can't do that. that I mean, that, I that could do that. a coin toss.
1: I mean, that's yeah, a coin I could toss, do yes, that. Yes, that's how that works. Yes,
2: but I'm not going to. So I'll go with Mississippi State with the upset to win and cover. Chase, what's your pick?
0: I'm with you. I mean, this is – this is a game for me that, like you said, is a toss-up, but for me, it's, I think this is a Kentucky team that could start 0-5. I mean, it's Mississippi State, you know, KJ Costello, I think he gets that going. Aaron Murray said it on his podcast uh, earlier this week that, you know, Costello just didn't really, he didn't really hit his check downs. He had a lot of opportunities. He tried to take the shot play a bit too much, but for Kentucky, I mean, what else can you say other than they really kentucky did it up the first two weeks? I mean, they led Auburn in almost every category in week one, still lost by 16 points, and then missing an extra point in overtime against Ole Miss and losing by one point, along with that, you know, that I don't remember the name of the running back, but the guy that fumbled the ball right before the crossed the goal line. I mean, that's, that's just the most Kentucky way to lose the game, and – so I I have a hard time feeling like they're going to recover from that. And I think that Mississippi State is, is angry and I think that they can come back and, and win this game.
2: All right, Tyler.
1: Yeah, I, I totally buy into the idea that Mississippi State is going to come out after last week and want to kind of compensate for what happened against Arkansas. I, I do buy that, but I also like this Kentucky defense. I, I know Ole Miss put a lot of points last week. I get that. But – Mike Stoops is not an idiot. He's a good off. He's a good defensive coach. He's not an idiot like Bo Pelini was in Week One, where he was just arrogantly continued to blitz and blitz and blitz and play that press man coverage on the outside. And Mississippi State ate them alive. All you have to do is go watch what Jimmy Lake's Washington teams did against Mike Leach in the Apple Cup for what eight years in a row. I don't think they scored over seventeen points against Washington because what Washington did, they had the formula: you rush three and you drop eight. Is what they try to do with the air raid is they just, they just try to find space the way to defend that is to put more defenders in that space to make it harder for them to find the space and that's exactly what arkansas did that's what barry odom did last week and then you know what it worked they won you you had KJ costello who's a good quarterback just making mistakes because there wasn't as much room now obviously they're going to work on that but look mississippi state the air raid with mike Leach, they do what they do they have about eight different plays they run out of different formations but they they're not going to change anything that they do They're just going to face a very similar style attack this week. I really believe that Mike Stoops is going to come out and do exactly what Barry Odom did, do exactly what Jimmy Lake did to Mike Leach's offenses with Washington. And I think he's going to rush three and drop eight the majority of that game. And I I think the result actually might end up being very similar. And if Kentucky can, can control the game on the ground, they had three rushers go over 100 yards last week, including the quarterback Terry Wilson. So they can control the game on the ground, make it difficult to find space for the air raid, I think Kentucky can win this game at home, bounce back from a really heartbreaking loss, really heartbreaking loss last week to Ole Miss. So you know what? Give me Kentucky to win this game. I'll also take the Cats to cover.
2: All right. Miami at Clemson, number seven at number one. This is obviously one of the better teams that Clemson will play this year since there's such a wide gap between Clemson and the rest of the ACC. Miami's defense is pretty solid. However, the Clemson offense with Trevor Lawrence leading the way will be too much for the Canes, so I'm picking Clemson to win and cover. Chase?
0: Yeah, I really wanted to choose Miami for the upset in this game, but I really just think that Clemson's the better team. Both have studs at quarterback. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go number one next year. Derek King's been a great story. The U overall has been a great story, but I don't think that they're back just yet. I think that Clemson's defense is, the best that they've seen so far, and one of the best in the country. So I I want to say Miami in this game, but I just can't. I'm going to say Clemson wins, but I don't think that they cover.
2: All right, Tyler?
1: This is a tough one for me. I do think Clemson wins this game. Derrick King has been playing really well for Miami. He really has. They have a good duo of pass rushers on the outside, really wreaking havoc right now. And that, that could potentially pose some issues for Clemson. In uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I just don't know if they're ready for Clemson. I think they're a good team. I really I think they, they might be a top three team in the, in the ACC. And who knows? This might end up being a preview of the ACC title because, again, these guys, there could definitely be a rematch. with just the top two teams in the league standings once it's all said and done. There's certainly a chance these two, these two teams could play. Again, Miami, I'm really impressed with what they've been doing, what Manny Diaz has done so far with this team. It's still early, but they're playing well. I don't know if they've been tested to the degree – that Clemson will pose for them. I mean, Florida State is, my God, I don't don't even know how to describe what Florida State is right now. Louisville is is a solid team, but they're certainly not a Clemson-level team. UAB, I mean, it's UAB, right? So I don't know if they've been tested to this degree. They haven't been. And if you look at the roster Clemson has, like, guys, it it always does. It comes down to Jimmy's and Joe's. Miami's getting there. They're going to continue to recruit well, and they will get those guys. But right now, that Clemson roster is just head and shoulders above better. I still trust Trevor Lawrence more than I trust De'Aaron King, although King is playing really well right now. But at home, with a better roster, give me Clemson to win this game. 15 is tough. If it was 14, I'd be all over it. 15, three scores, that's a little more tricky for me. But you know what? I'm going to take it. Give me the Tigers at home to cover the 15.
2: All right. We all know on this show that it's last pick, pick, best pick, with Tennessee coming to Athens this weekend as a 13-and-a-half-point underdog. I'm a little concerned about us coming off such a big win last week, but I do think our defense is going to be too much for the volunteer offense. So I'm going with Georgia to win and cover. Chase, what's your pick?
0: I also have Georgia winning and covering up. I'm a little bit more nervous about this week than I am, than I was going into the Auburn game. I just think that, you know, Tennessee on the offensive line, obviously they have Cade Mays back and Darnell Wright and, Um, I just think that that offensive line is really good and I really like Ty Chandler and Eric King. I think Eric, or Eric Gray. I mean, I think he's kind of got some Keyshawn Vaughn in him, the Vanderbilt running back from last year. And, um, but Jared Garantano, I mean, he is who he is. It's, he, he just hasn't really impressed in his three years or however long he's been there, but both teams are very similar in strengths. I mean, they both have good uh, offensive lines. Both are good running the football. But I think that Georgia's defensive line is obviously going to be the best that um, Tennessee has ever seen. Cade um, Mays is back at guard where he belongs. But, you know, he hasn't, you know, he went up against Jordan Davis every game or every day in practice last year. So he's going to have that experience. But, you know, I think Georgia wins and I think they cover. I think that, you know, it's going to be the first test for Stetson Bennett and I want to see Stetson Bennett produce when he's had some pressure on him I feel like he hasn't really had that you know obviously he came in the first end of the first half against Arkansas when the team was down but you know I really want to see him play against the team that is going to test him you know in in junior college he led the league in interceptions I want to see the real Stetson Bennett I don't know how much we've seen yet I, I'm just sort of in wait and see mode with him but I think that Georgia is going to be able to run the football. I think that he's going to be able to get it out to pick-ins. And I want to see a little bit more Darnell Washington in this game. But I think that Georgia's going to win this game. And I, I think it'll be a little bit tougher, but they'll still cover.
2: All right. Tyler?
0: Yeah, like everything you said there, for sure.
1: Uh, look, I, I, I said a, basically I said my piece about this game on the preview show earlier in the week. But I'll kind of just recap some of the things that I said on that show for anyone who missed it. But if you want my full thoughts, certainly go check out that episode. It's still up for you guys to check out. But I I was certainly, as soon as we beat Auburn, I was joyous. I was gleeful, very excited. It's always fun to beat up on Gus Malzahn and the Auburn Tigers. It always is. But then as soon as I turned that game off and was like walking upstairs to bed, I immediately became nervous, like right after the game. But I think that was more based on emotion. It's really more of a character trait for me because that's just kind of how I operate when it comes to Georgia football. I am always, always expect the worst and hope for the best. It's just safer for me that way. My heart's been broken so many times that just to protect myself, I had to prepare myself for the worst. And so I, I was already in full drive trying to do that as soon as the Auburn game was over, as soon as I was walking to bed that night. But as the week continued on, I, I kind of just started to ask myself as I was preparing for this episode and the preview episode, like, what is that concern? What are these nerves based on? Are they based on anything actually factual? Are they based on anything tangible? Or is it just me being emotional and getting tied up in my emotions like I'm, I'm apt to do? And I, and I realized, like, it really has nothing to do with the X's and O's. Because when you break these two teams down, when you actually go back and watch the Tennessee tape and watch the Georgia tape, look at the matchup, look at the numbers, look at the advanced stats, what you see is that there is essentially no matchup in this game that favors them on paper. I'm not saying they can't come out and just play the best game of their lives and beat us. Anything is possible. They've certainly caught up to a degree from a talent standpoint. They're certainly not at our level, but they're catching up. They're getting more talent on this roster. I think that Jeremy Pruitt has this roster to a point where they can be much more competitive with the top teams than they have been the past couple of years. But the fact is, they were outscored 37-10 to 10 on average by Georgia, Florida, and Alabama last year. So you're telling me they made up 28 points? In one year, one year with, a, with an offseason that wasn't a full offseason with this whole coronavirus situation, didn't have spring practice, they made up four touchdowns. They're that much better. I don't know if they've closed the gap that much. In fact, I don't think there's any way they've closed the gap that much. That doesn't mean they can't compete. I think they can, they can compete. If we come out there and we don't take them seriously and we're just looking ahead to, to Alabama, then, yeah, this could be a much closer game than we really want it to be and a much closer game than it should be. But I go back to the matchups, and when you're making a prediction, that's what you have to base it on. I don't see a matchup, not even one matchup in this game that favors them. I know there's a lot of talk about this offensive line. I've made it very clear. I don't really buy that. I don't think it's based on anything other than just empty talking points out there in the media. If you actually watch them play, they're good on the interior. Their tackles are terrible right now. They have been going back to last year and even beyond last year. They're they're not very good out there. And you can certainly pressure the quarterback, Guarantano. If you pressure him, he's very, very apt to make mistakes back there. He panics. And even let's say, for the argument's sake, even if their offensive line is as good as everyone says it is, our defensive line has been dominant. I don't see any scenario out there where their offensive line just comes out and dominates our defensive front. I just do not see that. And, and Pruitt has absolutely tried to follow the Georgia Kirby Smart formula to a T, like almost identically. And they went out and hired our offensive coordinator away from us, but so Kirby strongly let him go, but they hired our offensive coordinator because they were trying to implement the exact same style of play that we have been implementing since Kirby got here. Now, we're starting to change that, but Pruitt is still following that same formula. But if you're Tennessee and you're trying to follow the same formula as a team that is a good bit more talented than you, it's probably not going to end well, even if you play your best game. Like I said on the preview show, this game is more about us than it is about them. I don't really care what they do. They can play their best game. But if we come out and play our A game, even if they're playing their A game, this is going to be no contest. We win by two-plus touchdowns and cover this spread comfortably. It's just all about are we going to come out and be focused on this game and not looking ahead to Alabama. Because Tennessee does want to win this game. This is a big game for them. We are the hurdle that they have to jump over to get where they want to go. Just kind of like Alabama has been for us for a couple of years now. We still got to jump over that hurdle next week, but we can't we cannot get ahead of ourselves. They also need to be they need to beat us for recruiting purposes so they can continue to go out there and try to get more talent cuz they're never going to consistently be that team in the East until they can match us talent for talent. And they are not there yet. Prude is upgrading the talent level, but they're not there yet, and they need to win over us to really kickstart that campaign. But if we come out and match their intensity, we come out ready to play then I think that we definitely win this game and cover as well. It's just tough to predict. You just don't know what version of Georgia are you going to see. Are you going to see the, the first-half version of Georgia against Arkansas? Or are you going to see the version of Georgia that we saw all game long against Auburn last week? It's just tough to know, especially if there's some potential weather issues going into this game. But you know what? I I picked against us to cover the spread last week. I'm not going to mis- make that mistake this week. So give me the dogs to win and cover the 13-and-a-half. I'm not super confident in the, in the covering 13-and-a-half, because I think it's going to be a a low-scoring affair with two teams that really want to pound the ball and run at you, eat time off the clock, all those things. But you know what? I'm 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 going to have some comments to my dogs this week to win and cover the spread.
2: All right. All right.
1: Well, Chase, my man, excellent job, buddy. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us today, man. All right. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely, man. Thanks for listening for all those years. We really appreciate all the support, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, take care. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us today on the Glory UJ Podcast. We had a lot of fun, like we always do, man. These shows really are. Like, they, they, they've. I said this on Twitter over the weekend. These shows have kind of become like the highlight of our week. I don't. Isn't this fun, Charlie? Yeah. This is a great time. It's great fun. Time. It's a good time. To interact with the listeners and just have some fun here. We're talking. Obviously, we're talking about games around the country, and then we wrap it up with the game that we all care about, obviously, with our Georgia Bulldogs. But thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Have an awesome weekend. For Charlie, I'm Tyler, and as always, go Dolls